On this episode of Breakfast Talk, we talk NFTs and the gaming world colliding. Uh, we have more of our Godzilla, Kaiju, Titan, King Kong, awesome badass monster talk, and basically predictions for the movie. And then we talk about uh, Marvel Comics leaning away from Diamond, the, uh, the exodus from Diamond publishers. So catch all of that on this episode of Breakfast Show. Breakfast Show. Breakfast Show. Wakey, wakey, smell those eggs and bakey. It's time for Breakfast Talk, a podcast discussing current, independent, and mainstream entertainment topics from gaming and movies to comics. Start your week off right with the Breakfast Boys. As always, if you can smell what we're cooking, click that like button. And if your tummies are rumbling for more, click subscribe and ring that brekkie bell to turn on all notifications. All right, let's talk. Rumble! <laughs> yeah. Breakfast Talk, episode seven. Breakfast Talk! Breakfast Talk! That one was powerful, because I feel like we, we haven't been as powerful with the Breakfast Talk, like, shouts lately. You know what I mean? Maybe it's just me. Yeah, Greg was up later, so I had time to get two cups of coffee. Oof. There we go. People are... Tired most of the time, so fatigue, life, adulting, old people. Yeah, that's perfect timing, actually. I, I the last episode that I did, that you can you know click the thing above, you can watch that and watch me be awkward for like yeah. seventeen minutes. We're gonna call that the awkward cut. That's what we're gonna call that. <laughs> that was, but it was beautiful. It was like. It was like so awkward that it became likable. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like the first season of The Office. It's like so awkward it becomes likable towards the end. Perfect. No changes. No edits. One take. Only takes one take. <laughs> Woo. So, anyways, today on Breakfast Talk, we're gonna talk about some. Uh, Something that's been spreading all over the place, which is NFTs or non-fungible tokens. And something super interesting is how this has been getting uh, brought into a bunch of different fields. It started off in like, uh, you know, the graphic design world, the GIF world, the meme world. That's kind of where it took over. Um, I don't remember how much it sold for, but it, the, uh, the Nyan cat, the, uh, the, the Pop-Tart cat with the rainbow coming out of it, uh, sold for like a stupid amount of money. Uh, what, what was the price? Oh, was that $590,000 US? Yeah. So it sold for a stupid amount of money. And uh, basically, for anyone who doesn't know what an NFT is, it is um, it's based on the blockchain, like all the cryptocurrencies, but it's essentially a token that proves you own something digital because digital things can be copied infinite number of times. So this token just proves that you own it. Outside of that, it's worthless. So it's one of those things that uh, people right now, uh, like the NBA got involved. Now they got these little uh, highlight reels that are like these little animated things. That Basically you, like basketball cards. Yeah, no, yeah. like basketball cards, but you can prove you own them. They serialize them. So like you've got number one or this one's number 121. So like different numbers are worth more money. Some people are, you know, making a killing on it. But um, the idea is that essentially it's uh, utilizing the blockchain to uh, – clarify who owns what digital product and now you can sell the ownership of it right. which is interesting because typically it's like you made a meme you're the owner but everyone has it now you don't like there's nothing special about the fact that you created it other than you're the creator but now you can actually take that ownership of it and profit from it which is kind of cool 
And so uh, the reason I'm bringing that up is because apparently Ubisoft has been kind of going down this route with uh, gaming, getting in the blockchain for gaming. And now NFTs might be coming uh, a part of the gaming community. And the reason why I think this is interesting is because one of the things that I heard you can do with an NFT is, let's say I make a piece of art, I can tag it with an NFT, and then I can actually sell it to someone in every sale that happens after that, I can get a percentage of it. So it's super interesting because when it comes to gaming, most games now are doing like, hey, the game is free, and then you pay for like almost artwork in the game, like a yep. skins. Yeah, uh, yeah, the custom wheels or uh, decals, Rockley, the guns in Call of Duty. So these are all things that you know Fortnite's huge with that, the dancing emotes, right? So now you could technically own that digital property and keep selling it on all these platforms rather than having to like copyright it and get all these licensing agreements. You can get an NFT created for it uh, and then start uh, selling that and having it attached that way. And it's also interesting because I think in the future, that'll be something that we can use for tracking ownership. If somebody's like, hey, this person stole my art. And you're like, how can you prove this is yours? You both have one from roughly the same time. You don't have the original copy anymore. Doesn't matter. You have this NFT. So the fact that they're bringing that into the gaming realm is super interesting because I don't know how it can be directly applied to, say, games other than potentially licensing your games out to consoles or platforms such as i know google was doing uh uh their was it their street the cloud gaming right you don't have, to have a console you can have a computer your phone doesn't matter you stream to their servers and you play the games without their servers so it's possible that in the future you could make a video game attach an nft to it and then that allows you to license it out to other companies and the cool thing is that they utilize the cryptocurrency ethereum which is the uh, cryptocurrency that has a contract attached to it, where essentially if the money never goes over, then the digital transfer never goes over. So it can be set up in a system where you're like, hey, you have to give me crypto to buy this. And if they, you never receive the crypto, they never receive the digital property. So there's no way to actually steal it. So that's actually super interesting. But uh, yeah, so and like I said, Ubisoft was uh, apparently playing with this uh, a few years ago. I think it was 2018 where they had created a game that was similar to Minecraft that like you'd have a randomly generated world on your own computer, then you could reshape it and create like whatever type of world you wanted. And now you could upload that to the blockchain and now you have your own unique uh, game. So it's super interesting. Uh, I, I can't wait to see like where the NFT goes. There's actually some stuff I'm looking into personally uh, around it. So definitely something exciting. Yeah, it's um, it's something that I kind of recently fell into because of the art side, because um, yeah, it's it's a great opportunity I think, um, to yeah again just have this real ownership, and I think it gives artists more power. Like, um, it's kind of like selling it, like being able to put your your painting in a gallery, but you don't need anybody to like oversee that and sell it for you. If you sell it on your own, it's kind of like you promote it on your own. And then again, like you can sell it once and then sell it multiple times. You get like the highest percentage at first sale. But then after after that, you know, um, you're making like, I think it's 10% on one that's like called super rare, something like that. So you get like 80% the first time and then 10% on every purchase after that. So it's just a cool way for like artists to like put their work out there and then make money substantially like checks. afterwards. Or the, uh, what is it? The, yeah, the mail checks, you know, like the mm -hmm. mail money, that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, so... 
Yeah, that's really cool. And then, um, yeah, but there's there's actually a huge conversation about like just blockchains in general. I, NFTs, I, I don't think apply too much to this, but it's more or less like the um, the the currencies like Ethereum that use uh, blockchain mining or like data mining and stuff like that, and like the whole like uh, environmental impact that that's having because you know these data encryptions and stuff like that they take up a ton of power. Like as you're trying to you know decrypt the currency and mine the currency and stuff like that. So there's like a huge argument there, which you know. NFTs, just anything that's like related gets like blocked in there. So I don't think it's specifically this, but yeah, there's, there's like a whole buzz in the art community about whether you should and shouldn't, you know, do NFTs and all that kind of stuff. So it's just an interesting, uh, I, I think it's a good thing, but it's, it's definitely an interesting conversation to have because you're always going to have, you know, both sides of the equation kind of weigh in. And I think it's, it's, it's not something I'm like delving into, but I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to get on super rare and uh, they have a waiting list. So they're not taking anybody till next year even. So um, well, that's what I say about NFTs too. It's not like a mining thing. You create, yeah. create it in a moment and then you utilize that for uh, transactional tracking. Like that's why it's nice. Like it's not like people can mine your thing. Like I guess it could probably be set up that way. But the whole idea is that it's it's run on the Ethereum blockchain for uh, transactional purposes. So mm -hmm. there's already a, a crypto created for it, and there you know you're not going out and trying to make something um, that people have to like get involved in. It's like uh, you want to own it, buy it. And it's more like the back end just happens to use blockchain, but the front end could be complete could be exactly the same. Maybe they even pay cash. It just transacts over the Ethereum blockchain as opposed to like PayPal. Yeah, I honestly, yeah. Whatever, whatever PayPal jumps on that first, where like I I spend cash, it turns into Ethereum, sells it to them, and then they can get cash or whatever they want. Maybe they keep the Ethereum. Like that's going to be a huge, huge business. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's it's a really um, it's confusing, you know, to a degree, like this digital currency age. But it's also extremely exciting because like it, it kind of opens up this other realm that like these bigger like kind of um, conglomerates don't own. You know what I mean? Like this is something that's kind of like a free, like a truly free marketplace. Like there's not like a oil baron that's sitting there like, you know, controlling all the all the, the assets, you know what I mean? So, um, or big banks and stuff like that. So it, it's kind of just an interesting time, I think for for that kind of stuff, Dig the digital age um, is, is definitely interesting. But yeah, moving on, moving on. Um, so we'll get into uh, film and TV show news. Um, nothing new with the TV shows, but um, definitely going super deep into Godzilla because, you know, obviously if you've watched Breakfast Talk, you already know I'm super into it. Dylan's super into it. And Greg is kind of like, we were actually just talking before and he's, he's going to get into it. We're going to force him into it. And um, he's probably going to be the, the anti, like he's going to be like, yeah, watch these movies and they suck. You know what I mean? So he's going to be that component of our of our conversations henceforth so that's cool that'd be interesting but anyway um so yeah illuminati confirmed mecha godzilla is confirmed the latest trailer shows a foot stamp come down and you see kind of like the robotic eyeball and stuff like that so you know it's mecha mecha godzilla so he's going to be the third titan that's like confirmed in the movie because you got kong and you got um godzilla um and then yeah so we got mecha godzilla now and then there's are there's actually rumors and speculation as to if there's going to be more titans as we've talked about before in, in the past breakfast talks there's actually like 19 different titans that they've already like created into this universe some are from the original monster universe and then some are new characters which you probably have seen in king of monsters you're like who the hell are all these different monsters they i, I don't recognize them besides maybe like rodan and mothra um so yeah we have speculation that 
well, more than likely Rodan will show up because he did survive King of Monsters, so you probably will see it again. Um, Mothra, if you watch the end credits of King of um, King of Monsters, there was like an egg that was shown. Now, you would think, oh, this is Mothra's baby, but no, apparently in this universe, like in the original monster universe, it's basically like a clone. So like it's not a, a child. It's, it's actually Mothra just like reborn essentially. So that's kind of cool. I didn't, I didn't really know that until I did the research on this specific topic. Um, so that'd be cool. And they, they did tease that egg. So hopefully like we're going to get Mothra again. Cause she just got came and went, you know, that, that thing actually makes sense too, because I don't know how much you remember from the old Godzilla's, but for every Mothra, there's always a set of, a set of twins. twins. Yeah. yeah. And they, and they, and they can speak to Mothra. They're mm-hmm. humans that can. And like, it's interesting too. Like, it would almost make sense like they're almost reincarnated over and over again and so is mothra like it's, yeah it's a, a cycle that they have to uh you know take part in which is, yeah it's and they already in, in, such it, a really fascinating world that it's crazy that most people either haven't seen it like you know or like they've just seen these old movies and that i think yeah, I'm, I can't wait. I'm excited. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and just like talk, on your point where you're just talking about, so they already talked about like in these this new iteration of the Godzilla franchise or whatever that their family has all been twins. Like the two twin, the twins that are like current. Well, actually, it's one actress, but you know they're twins. Um, like every member of the family, the female has had like a twin, so they they could even say like, oh, I had a daughter, and uh, you know daughters, and I had twin daughters, and battle. Now we have a new set of twins. Um, to kind of be that reincarnated state of Mothra and stuff like that, which would be interesting. Um, so yeah, that, that's just kind of cool. But yeah, so the last monster, the last Titan that was teased um, actually in the last trailer that they showed, it was like really like, it was like in the right corner, but you see behind Kong when he's like, when Godzilla first kind of like comes up on him, um, there's like a spider on the island with him, um, with Kong, and it's like behind him. So it's kind of like, oh, it's it's like a Mothra thing. Like you know, Godzilla and Mothra were like a team, and like this the spider and and Godzilla. I mean, and, and Kong are kind of a team. Um, it is the um, Super Titan Spider uh, Kumanga. Uh, that's like the the original um, but there's a little bit of differences when I did the research I was like oh man like it kind of doesn't look like the the same character so again we do have like these new set of monsters and then the old set of monsters how many they're gonna you know draw from from each kind of iteration to to, to put in the movies is kind of a uh, up in the air but it seems like they're they are relying pretty heavily on those old you know series monster uh, old series monsters because they have that fandom built up like it's a there's also fanfare. so many like they don't yeah. need to make any more like there's there's some that were only in like one version of godzilla like there's something that i don't, I don't know if you remember but there's there's like biolante mm-hmm. and then after do you remember biolante the the uh the plant friggin thing and then from that when godzilla launches that thing into space that ended up creating space godzilla like that's a oh whole yeah yeah that, like like there's so much they could do with this world like dude if they bring space godzilla i'll lose my freaking mind but the thing that i'm i'm excited about was when they showed the the head of Ghidorah. the idea that um i'm hoping that this movie is king kong and godzilla fighting Mecha Godzilla comes in, starts destroying stuff, goes haywire, and then like the two of them maybe have to fight off Mecha Godzilla. And when they destroy that, they're like, "No, robots not good. We need like a hybrid." And then I want them to make Mecha Ghidorah. And I'll so I- that's interesting that you say that because there's a huge amount of speculation behind whether uh, Ghidorah will be like there will be a Mecha Ghidorah, but that but also like because they did show that there's a head left from Ghidorah 
So you're, you're like, oh, okay, like they might use him. And then his power was like electrical power, right? So he could just be like they they took that carcass and that carcass is powering Mecha Godzilla. So in in some way, it is kind of like a Mecha Ghidorah. Like it's kind of maybe they're trying to fuse the, the two. Mecha Ghidorah, if I remember correctly, it either had one or two robotic it was two. heads. Yeah, it two was robotic one regular ones. head. Yeah, because it, it had its head taken off. Yeah, it brought it back to life. So yeah, it would be interesting because I don't remember much about mecha godzilla on like how they powered it i thought it was just a big robot but if there was something interesting about it that would be yeah i think yeah i think they're just taking this this the material as is and trying to mix the two kind of universes like the old and the new like again making new monsters but still keeping the old ones and like you know kind of like having them come together and stuff um so yeah there's a ton of there's a ton of monsters that are still untapped for again from the old universe and you know how they bring them into this new iteration and how many movies are they even planning to have in this series that's kind of interesting to me (laughs) well because you have like okay so what what it seems like to me is that they're not making like a godzilla focus continuum you know what i mean like they want to bring king kong into the mix and have him be like another star of this universe so like they can have tangential movies like this is a godzilla movie this is a kong movie they exist in the same universe but it's like different things going on it's so funny because like just like 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 i said with dc like the fact that if they just did what marvel did and like did like a cyborg movie and then a flash movie and then made a justice league movie like i would watch that forever like yeah it's the same with godzilla they could they, they already said, like, in the first movie, I think it was, like, 23 markers on the map of different sites that they had. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, the original monsters are something like 18, maybe 20 monsters. So there's got to be new ones that are on that list. Um, but, like, they could do it forever. Like, I would, I would watch it. For, I would go to theaters and watch it. I'd pay for it on HBO, whatever it is. Like, just make, th- like, this Godzilla, that King of the Monsters one was so good for, like, the world, like, the... Like how it visually looked, how they tracked them, like the story behind how they're awakening, and like all of that stuff was awesome. I want that forever. Like make oh, here's a super interesting thing. Like I said, that kind of hints to towards like again a collective universe of King Kong and Godzilla kind of like coexisting um, as like main characters. Um, so apparently, the story in the story for for King uh, for this new movie. I don't want to spoil it because it's just, I've done a lot of research, but um, their history is basically like their ancient rivals. And there was an ancient Titan war previous, like way in the past. Obviously they keep talking about it. Right. Um, so apparently like, yeah, the family of, of Kong, like, you know how this, oh, like there was Kongs before him and like legit, they were like way bigger um, and you know, whatever. So they, they, they basically said, oh yeah, he can grow bigger. So that to match Godzilla. Right. And if you see the, the, size comparisons like in the trailers they're pretty much exactly the same size which i'm like holy crap like that's a huge ass monkey you know what i mean like he wasn't that big before but anyway um so yeah they're the same size now and like they have this ancient rivalry so essentially you can see how this universe like they don't want to like lose kong or they don't want to lose godzilla as like a main character so you could see them running like parallel movies and like you said there's so many different monsters you could just have them facing off against different monsters like in their rivalry to like become the king you know what i mean and and all that kind of stuff so it's just an interesting take and i think you know with the rise of really good shows like you know um doom patrol even on the dc side uh titans on the dc side and then you have obviously like winter soldier and and wandavision and all those properties coming out of marvel you have like this open area where they could just make like a show like a series and have like hour-long shows where it's you know it's calling godzilla you know what i mean and and 
do you, do you know a fun sweet. random fact? Do you know like what the symbols of Godzilla and King Kong are supposed to represent? Not at all. It's supposed to be Japan is Godzilla and King Kong is America. And it's when oh. they didn't like this that much. And the whole idea is Godzilla beats up King Kong. And I think, I, I, if I remember correctly, there was another version where King Kong wins and I think we made it. Yeah, so they, like, the American version. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm, I, yeah, I'm almost certain like that That was the uh, the original intent behind the, that thing. So it would be really interesting to keep them <laughs> both around and like have these like little like battles that happen from time to time. Godzilla protecting the oceans and a bunch of stuff and King yeah. Kong coming into New York City and stealing women, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's not outdated at all <laughs> all right yeah that's so that's it that's all we got like again a lot of speculation a lot of cool stuff going around these this godzilla franchise and obviously me and dylan are pumped and greg has nothing to say because we just went over that at the beginning and uh yeah we're just gonna go ahead and move on to graphic novel and comic book news yeah um so marvel comics have moved from diamond comic distributors uh diamond if you don't know is like the top tier monopoly <coughs> thing that um runs true you diamond yeah um yeah so almost killed comics man you almost killed comics so uh now marvel comics uh promoted um time hunter i that's probably not how you say her name but probably is uh, um she's now promoted from um the senior sales manager has promoted to the senior sales manager of a penguin random house which is what they're going to go through now instead of diamond for a good majority of things which is super interesting because something i found out about the uh the isbn's like the the barcodes you get on books like comic books don't necessarily uh get them but graphic novels will right like so they'll put them on a graphic novel but like if you look up like isbn's for comic books they don't exist i'm sure like a couple probably do but there's there's not many so it's interesting that they're going with like an actual book publisher. And I wonder if they're going to start cataloging them with ISBNs because that hasn't happened. So yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. We have to look into like getting our comics in the stores soon. Like I'm going to uh, Lake Placid for my birthday. So like this is, I didn't want to break last week. So I did that solo episode again. You can like watch <coughs> me be awkward. Um, so I'm going from the second, which is my birthday, to uh, Easter, which is the fourth, and um, we're gonna have a break next week just because I won't be here. Um, there's Easter, and yeah, 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 we won't be here for that. So it's gonna be a break after this episode, and then we'll come back with episode eight with whatever. We'll, we'll still be talking about probably Godzilla and. We can talk about Godzilla forever. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> just the entire year. Godzilla show. It's not going to even be a cat. It's going to be Godzilla. Breakfast roaring. As <laughs> so, you talk. Yeah. Um, so that's happening with Marvel Comics. Um, and, uh, you know, NFTs and all that good stuff. So, so, so what's like the, like, how is that significant, do you think? That she's that this specific person is being now promoted. Uh, pretty sure it's just because uh, they don't want to use diamond, <laughs> <laughs> so um, they um, 
I don't know. It's is she like, the one that most made retailers the deal? still use like go through diamond because like some some a lot still do like uh there's this guy that is like an indie uh comic creator that I know um that was gonna be on one of our um uh, not breakfast talk Sierra Nova podcast but instead it was um his partner Rob Cannon and he was on and uh, Kevin Rotelli or however how you say his name um he's actually like in diamond he's not like his uh he's in previews that catalog that people can look through and be like oh i want this comic in the store so yeah a lot of people still use diamond but like there's other like alternatives like popping up like this um oh yeah i mean the the problem with diamond was they weren't really insulated for what happened you know what i mean like they they kind of uh, just said oh well we're taking a huge cut because of like corona and all this thing like if if there's not going to be these books like coming out then we don't have anything to publish and if we don't have anything to publish we're not making any money so like they were expecting like these huge potential losses and it's kind of like you know the small publisher the small um smaller publishers were able to kind of like manipulate and move things around a little easier because they weren't set in these huge contracts where essentially they were going to lose millions upon millions of dollars. So yeah, they just weren't really insulated to, to take that kind of loss, which is kind of funny. You like bigger corporations typically are, um, you know, can lose more. Yeah. Can, can lose more money, you know, and, and survive. But essentially I think that diamond was like, yeah, no, we're just going to cut our losses and we're going to move on to other stuff that we know we can make money on and the comic book. And, and then, you know, whoever wants to take that section comic, books like you know whatever like we're 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 still gonna be around you know so i think they just it's, it was like a cut their losses kind of situation i'm not su super clear on it though but um yeah it's it's good for smaller publishers like again smaller not like super small but <laughs> but smaller publishers that weren't you know had had these kind of contracts before and i think it would be smart if like comic book companies in general just kind of like spread out maybe their distribution like the publishing and like had a couple different companies working at the same time i was gonna say like, that's the thing too it's like by having all their eggs in one basket like the reason why a company like amazon can lose millions of dollars in any one of their eighteen thousand projects they're working on is because they have eighteen thousand <laughs> exactly they're, on. they're spread they wide yeah, yeah, like like when people are like, oh, like Netflix is clearly better than Amazon kind of thing, like it'll outlast them. It's like, how? Amazon has Amazon. Like, yeah. you know, they sell shit. Like they, they don't they could they could literally lose money on Amazon Prime, the video platform, for like decades and never have an issue. Where like Netflix, if the as they start getting people pulled from them, they'll slowly dwindle down unless they become yeah, this, competitors there's actually not, not even any way because like i pray i pay for like my prime membership and the video comes with it you know what i mean it's exactly. like I'm, I'm not even paying specifically for the video stuff it just comes with it and i'll definitely watch amazon dude invincible holy crap i can't wait to watch invincible oh i, I watched well, three yeah, episodes that's the whole idea that's oh, like the yeah. whole idea though with diamond though is that, that, that basically that's what it was they were, they were making they're like netflix in the sense they were cashing in on one yeah. stone like they need to they need to get more more uh, geese laying golden eggs. They only got one goose. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully in the and, next episode of Breakfast Talk, we'll talk about Invincible because uh, it's a really good yeah. show. And Dude, I, I saw one little scene and I was like, oh! I saw all three episodes. What you like? Oh! <laughs> That's a screenshot right there. Yeah, somebody mean yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that was Breakfast Talk episode seven. <laughs>